So, Calgary's mayor-elect, Jody Gondek, announcing that one of the very first acts she intends to undertake as mayor of Calgary will be to declare a climate emergency. Uh, she wants to have it rolling by, well, next week. She hopes to have council voting on it by midweek next week. Um, as I said, it's been declared in many, many other Canadian cities already. Edmonton did it in 2018. Uh, but it's a proclamation that has understandably caused some unease in Canada's energy capital. But what really does it mean? How much can you expect to change? Where can it go? Let's find out. We're going to chat with Brendan Boyd, an assistant professor in the Department of Anthropology, Economics, and Political Science at Grant McEwen University in Edmonton. Brendan, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. So, as I said, Calgary's not a leader in making this kind of a declaration, right? Edmonton did it many years ago. And in fact, dozens of Canadian cities have already made similar proclamations, right? Yes, that's right. There was a real sort of run of municipal governments and other jurisdictions doing it in 2018, 2019. Um, and yeah, so Calgary is now, I guess, coming uh, to do something similar. So when these other communities have made this proclamation and declared a climate emergency in their city, um, what happened? How does it change things? What does it mean? Well, I think... You know, to start off with, this is kind of a uh, symbolic action to start with. It's a proclamation or a rhetorical statement. Um, But we have to remember that those still have impacts, right? That those statements can build support and awareness that are necessary for concrete actions. So it's not necessarily empty rhetoric. Um, It does tend to build um, the political support necessary to take further actions, but you do need to see those actions um, actually happen. Right. Um, Yeah. So you can call it, it's the start of a process, and it does open the door to things happening, but then it has to be followed up with the action. Right. So governments have a lot of issues and demands on their time, and with this the statement, the mayor's indicated that climate policy will be a high priority on her and the new council's agenda. But yeah, that's only the first stage of policy development, and we need to look at what policies, programs, and actions are actually implemented in the wake of this announcement. And if you're looking at other jurisdictions, you know, it's hard to always say how much impact that statement has because they may have been pre-disposed uh, to acting already. So it's a little bit tough to figure out what exactly impact this would have in sort of a, you know, a very causal relationship. Um, when we take a look at what's happened in Edmonton, there's been some criticism that, okay, he made the proclamation and really nothing has followed up, but I'm sure council would say, oh, no, things have followed up. So what should we look for to, to, to meaningful change beyond the proclamation? What can, what can we sort of hold up as evidence? Yeah, so I mean, government, uh, municipal governments do have a lot of, they're sort of their hands on the levers of a lot of different things. This could be, you know, direct control, things that they have direct control over, and this would be like greening their fleet vehicles, yep. uh, like municipal vehicles, you know, investing in recreation centers that are, are, are have lower emissions, those types of things. They also have indirect control over things like uh, building codes, investments in public and active transportation, where they're trying to encourage the community to take things, uh, take these actions. And then they have really indirect control over things like designing communities, trying yeah. to make smart communities where people commute less. So those are the types of things I would say in those three categories, you would see ranging from very direct control to sort of more trying to encourage people within the community to take actions. But those are the things that you probably see. And obviously, you know, the, the, the city has been doing some of that already. Yeah, so basically, I mean, the things they can control, bylaws, zoning issues, and their own operations, that's basically where they can have the greatest impact. 
That's right, yeah. Um, what about cost? In terms of taking a look at um, making some of these changes that they can make, where they have made them in other communities, there's going to be a cost associated with this, right? Yeah, and so again, there's kind of the two costs, right? There's the municipal budget to the city itself, um, and obviously municipal budgets are tight. Uh, you know, the province has restructured fund their funding of municipalities in the last couple of years. But one of the, and so that is a challenge. But I would note that the federal government has really prioritized action on climate change. And so there could be opportunities there to look for funding. Um, you know, the mayor of, of Calgary actually mentioned working directly with the federal government on childcare, uh, regardless of provincial involvement. And so it begs the question for me, you know, would we see something like that, an alliance between the federal government and the city yeah. of Calgary on climate as well? Because, yes, you're absolutely right that this this will cost money if actual things are going to change. Um, and, you know, and the mayor uh, is quick to point out in Calgary saying, you know what, a lot of people see this as an obstacle for oil and gas and another barrier on the oil and gas industry. But she really points out, she sees it as an opportunity. This presents new opportunity. And I guess there could be some opportunity for some people, some businesses, if some of these changes start to come into effect, right? That that also is a business opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And so a lot of this is keeping up with other cities, right? Many of who, whom declared emergencies two years ago. And, and to do this, to make sure that, that Calgary remains an attractive place for business, whether it's skilled labor, families, all those those different places that are mobile and can move from city to city relatively easily. So Calgary's competing with Vancouver and Toronto. We know that. And usually we think about it as sort of a race to the bottom where governments will cut taxes or they'll eliminate policies to compete or attract business and economic activity. But you can also see a situation where there's a race to the top, where governments adopt new policies or take actions in an effort to attract more businesses, more people, more investment. And that's what we see here, where it's really sort of, you know, a race to the top where more people are declaring climate emergencies to ensure that investment, uh, to attract a particular type of investment. Now, the issue is, of course, some people will say, well, you know, we've already got this oil and gas industry that's, that's here. Do we really want to be potentially hurting that to try to attract new businesses? And so it's about finding a balance between those two things, I think. And uh, just watch and wait. You know, the proclamation will be made, and then we'll see where it goes from there, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll see, you know, obviously this stuff plays out over you know, a policy cycle, starting with a, a proclamation of what's going to be done to actual implementation uh, and impact in society. You know, those cycles can take five, 10 years and, you know, they often outlast political cycles. And so it's oftentimes, you know, we have to keep watching for a very long time to see what the impact is. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Thanks so much, Brendan. Appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That is Brendan Boyd, who is an assistant professor of in the Department of Anthropology, Economics, and Political Science at Grant McEwen University in Edmonton.